welcome to episode 25 of the NannyCast. I am your host, Peter Bowman, and in this episode, I had the pleasure of having Breton McNeil on the show. He is a natural physique competitor as well as an online coach, and today we talked for about 30 minutes, and we touched on a variety of subjects, including training, um, nutrition. We also talked about um, deloads as well as the fact that Breton is a type one and how he deals with that. So here's the conversation. I hope you guys enjoy and have a good one. Part of the reason why I started this podcast is because I wanted to listen to, you know, somebody kind of like myself, kind of like you, who's kind of, yep. you know, trying to grow and trying to like, you know, start something for themselves as opposed to the people who I was listening to, who you're like, they're already established, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. Audience, so I think it's kind of cool to hear their perspective from like people like us. So mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why I wanted to start. Totally, that's it. Makes sense. Plus, yeah, podcasting is just like a cool medium. You know, you can just talk, um, learn from other people, and stuff like that. So yeah, totally. Um, I guess my first question to you is just the basic one. You know, how did you get into fitness? Um, how long have you been training? You know, all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Totally. So. Um, I guess I would say most, like most people, I kind of got into fitness with like the sports background, Mm -hmm. uh, grew up playing like a lot of sports, actually grew up playing soccer, football and hockey. Um, so what happened was I kind of started getting into the gym, I would say in junior high, um, grade eight or nine, because I really wanted to make our high school hockey team. So that's how it all started for me. Um, I remember I was like doing runs around the block. I was doing all this kind of cardio and this kind of hockey specific training, I guess, like taking shots on my net and just kind of doing more training for sports specific. Um, and then I ended up actually making the hockey team. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then what really happened was actually the big one was I actually got diagnosed with diabetes. So type one diabetes um, in grade 10. So it was after my first year of playing high school hockey that happened and when that happened is kind of when I really started getting into the gym because that's when I started to really learn about how important it was you know taking care of my health taking care of the nutrition side of things and um, basically what ended up happening is once high school finished I was done with hockey and stuff and I was like you know what man like geez like I really love the gym like I love that whole training part like Let's try and get back into that. And from there, I just honestly kind of got hooked with it and just started wanting to learn more and more and just kept kind of going from there. Okay, yeah, cool. So how old are you now? And- I am, yeah, so sorry. I'm 22 right now, actually. Same, same. Cool. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I got, um, I turned, I was type 1 diabetic when I was 16, um, trained, like, see, through high school, like, while I played on the high school hockey team, I still, uh I kind of trained at the gym a bit, but I mean, I was just so on and off. I would, you know what I mean? I'd go for a week here and there with my buddy. We just kind of, I didn't really follow a structured program, just kind of like, I mean, on and off, like I said. So I wasn't super serious about it at all. Uh, I started getting more serious and when I really kind of committed to like, okay, you know what, this is what I really want to do is when I turned 18 um, and I actually got into my first year of college and all my close buddies from like around here in my area, they started going away to school and stuff like that. So I was like, you know what, I got nothing better to do. Like, let's start committing to the gym. And then honestly, from 18 on, it just never looked back, really. 
Yeah, I was the I was the exact same way. Like um, in high school, it was just uh, I took two weight training courses, did nothing besides okay. that. Actually, yep. played a lot of video games back in the day. Yeah, so did I actually. Yeah, yeah, ton of that. And then ever since I graduated high school, it just became a thing. I was going like almost every day during the summer. Yeah, started going like every other day um, at college because I was busier, and then eventually just started, you know, going every day. And same, yep. same as you, like no, no strict structure. Yeah, you know, just going ham. <laughs> exactly. No, I was the same way, man. I just had, I had no real structure. Just kind of had an idea of like, okay, you know, let's do a. I had your basic bro split starting for like my first two years, you know, the chest day, the back day, the arm day, the shoulder day, the leg day, um, and just kind of honestly went with that for a while until, uh, yeah, just like I said, started when I turned 18, I started really getting into the gym, and that's kind of when I started like, okay, you know what, there's got to be a better way, there's got to be, that's when I started doing my research, watching the YouTube videos, kind of getting more into it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when did you get into competing or first want to compete? Was it like a friend who influenced you or just um, social media, YouTube, things like that? Or You know what? I would say, yeah, it was more so social media and stuff like that. Um, so actually, I'm like my first ever coach, Patrick McGinnis. I'm not sure if you know him. Is kind of his IG name is Patty Lifts. Oh yeah, he's, he's the he's friends with Jeff, right? Yes, yes. Okay, yes, exactly. So how I got into it is he's actually from my hometown here, where I'm from in Halifax, um, and I kind of met through him through social media, and I I kind of had the idea of wanting to compete like when I was about 19 or 20 after a little like a year or two of a bit more serious lifting, and like I said, I just started getting into the YouTube and stuff like that, and I followed a lot of like physique competitors and I was like you know what like I really want to try this so I kind of reached out to him and like I said he was just from my hometown um, he uh, we met up got trained a few times and I was like yep you know what let's do it so we just kind of I, I jumped into like a 12-week prep definitely needed longer than that but I mean who whoever really does good their first show right yeah, so sure. yeah but no I ended up doing my uh, first show towards the end of 2016 so I guess I would have been what just just turned 20 and I ended up placing like was it I think I came about 10th out of like 19 competitors but I mean first show it wasn't too it wasn't too upset yeah, that's, uh, that's, so yeah how many times have you competed since then uh, that was my first one man so so you're uh, getting ready for your second one now and you're yes, about yep, exactly less than four weeks out right yeah I am uh, it's 26 days now 26 days out right now today so Damn, <laughs> yeah I know yeah, I know. It's crunch time for sure. No, I'm getting pretty excited. Yeah, but you're in, you were, um, I mean, looking at your pictures, I mean, you were leaner and than I was when I did my first show, which was, you know, awful. I did it, I did it myself <laughs> and I, yeah. I didn't do things the right way. So um, you were leaner literally like 10, 12 weeks out than I probably was on like my show day. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. Thank yeah. you. So, that's funny. So how does um how did you how does type one diabetics or being a type one diabetic really affect it? Because I I saw your post on Instagram. Yeah. So it's definitely it definitely doesn't make it easier because you know if you're, um I'm not familiar with exactly what goes on, but if your blood sugar nope. crashes, obviously you gotta you know drink some carbohydrates or something like that. Yeah. Uh, totally. So you're like sacrificing macros. Um, you can't really oh. plan for that. So yeah. how no. does that affect your um prep and stuff? Yeah, totally, man. So I find, um, well, the first one, the first prep, I mean, obviously, you're just kind of like learn more about your body, the more, yeah, more years you're training and stuff like that. So 
the first prep I found it was really tough. Um, this one, not as bad, just cause like I said, I'm kind of getting a better handle on things, but so what it is. Yeah. So I have to keep my blood sugar within a certain range. Um, if it goes too high, then I got to take insulin to bring it down a little bit. And if it goes too low, then yeah, I got to, you know, I got to drink a juice box or I got to have some candy or some sugar that's going to spike my blood sugar right back up right away. But like you said, the thing that sucks about that is like, who wants to, you know, waste 30 grams of carbs if you're on a limited amount of carbs on like a juice or something like that. Um, but the other difficult thing is too, which has happened to me a few times this prep, a lot less than the first one, which I'm thankful for. Um, but you know what I mean? If, if my macros are done for the day and I go low, you, you got to drink the juice box or you know what I mean? You you have over your macros for the day and there's just nothing really you can do. Obviously you can compensate for it the next day or whatever, but that's kind of the tricky part, right? Yeah, for sure. It's funny yeah. when people, you know, think you just get like free steroids. Oh no! Oh, wow. Jesus! Yeah, such a. People have told me that. Like, come to me, like, oh man, geez, you're looking big. For it must be from that insulin. Like, oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's what it's from for sure. Not not training <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So I forgot to ask you, but did you compete in the MPC or did you do a natural organization? No. Okay. Yeah. So good question. Um, so all I did is not, it was not a natural organization. I don't even, it's, uh, it was called East coast classic. It was just basically tested, uh, a non-tested, just kind of a local show. Um, there was definitely people, uh, I'm assuming taking some stuff. That's for sure. But you know what? I, I didn't care. Right. For me, I, I didn't even expect a place or anything like that, right? I really just kind of went in with the mindset like, you know what, let's just go in, have some fun, get some experience, like meet some competitors, stuff like that. So it was actually a really good first uh, first show experience for me. Yeah, I mean, the reason I, I partially ask is because when you said you placed 10th, I was like, because um, you did look, have you posted like throwbacks? You were definitely yeah. like in decent shape, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, yeah. Yeah, be competing in the MPC definitely. That was where my first show was. Okay, yeah. Too. So, um, in hindsight, next time I get on stage, it's probably going to be, um, you know, the WMBF for sure. But yeah, um, exactly. It's definitely back then. I thought like I wanted more competition. I suppose so. That's okay. Why I yeah. Opted for like an MPC show. Uh, yeah. But yeah, in hindsight, I probably would have gone gone a different route. We did a, would have done a lot of things differently, obviously. Yeah, I know, eh? Looking back, you're just like, geez, so much stuff you would have changed, right? But Yeah, for sure. Um, so what um, kind of split are you running at the moment, or do you have a preferred preference? Um, yeah, you know what? To be honest, I absolutely love uh, just like a push-pull legs. Um, I, like I said, I was like, probably, geez, I bet you my first year, maybe almost two years, I just did a bro split. Just didn't know anything better bro split bro split bro split and then i i don't know what it was i came across something it was like oh push pull legs like you know twice frequency a week just kind of get some maybe some more volume volume in stuff like that so i was like you know what let's try that out and uh, i love the push pull leg split i was kind of doing like a modified version of it myself i did like um like a push pull legs and then an arm day and then i would do a stay and kind of repeat and i would kind of play around with that split and even put in like some on that arm day like some side delt work or maybe even a little bit of like chest isolation just kind of work on those weak points on that off day sort of thing too um but yeah no i've loved that split and i'm kind of running i guess more so right now i'm doing sort of like an upper lower rest push pull legs rest repeat kind of thing right now but 
True, true. So as you got deeper into prep, did you make any adjustments for some, or for example, like some people, um, if they're deadlifting, you know, they take out heavy deadlifts, they sometimes yep. take out heavy squats, things like that. So how did you adjust um, going forward as you progress? Um, so what I did is I kept things um, pretty much the same all the way through until about, I would say, I think it was about 14 weeks out. And I started to like, that's when I really started to feel um, like I was feeling the deadlifts. I wasn't recovering from the deadlifts, the squats, stuff like that. So what I did is I kind of actually I took deadlifts out. Um, just did like kind of like a modified, just like a rack pull a little bit, but not quite as heavy. Just I found it not quite as taxing on me. Um, and then, yeah, for squats, I kind of just switched to more so like a leg press or a hack squat machine and just tried, you know what I mean, to kind of definitely not train till failure, do like an RPE, you know, eight or nine more so and just try to play it a little bit smarter. That's all. Mm-hmm, for sure. So um, I know you talked about you started with the bro split. I was the yep. same exact way. Yeah. Um, and I, I know you mentioned you mentioned you had an arm day. So that's yep. kind of something I still have in there as well. Like my splits all over the place. Yeah. Okay. The moment, but I find as you know, I progress, I'm adjusting my training to obviously fit my needs. So exactly. instead of doing just like uh, a push pull legs, I've kind of, you know, acclimated to that upper lower. Yeah. Um, and then actually, I actually, you know, I don't know if it's just nostalgic purposes because that's how I started with the bro split. Yeah. Um, just really liking like I've, I've always really liked just you know like all right i'm hitting shoulders like i'm gonna go kill that shit now i obviously know um two times frequency is ideal now and there's yep. research to back it up so what i've been really doing is you know kind of running like i'll i'll have arm day yeah um i'll hit you know close grip bench and i'll do like things like dips so it's kind of like a chest and arms yes and i kind of periodize my training so there's like the prioritize muscle groups so like arm day it's obviously arms and then like there's that subset of like hitting chest so i know i'm getting more frequency in there um so what are your thoughts about that because I've, i the, i feel like the body spark split, split gets a lot of hate but yep. if you know what you're doing i feel like you can you know really kind of apply it um if you um know the exercises to obviously get that frequency in and obviously when you do you hit back it's not like you're not engaging your biceps whatsoever so Honestly, man, like that's funny that you said that because I did the exact same thing. So um, I, I said like I did the push pull legs and then the arm day. But what I would do is I would literally do the exact same thing you said. Like I thought for me, I really want to bring up those side delts, uh, my upper chest a bit and with my arms. So that's why I threw in the arm day just to kind of work on that weak point. And what I would even do is during that arm day, I would even throw in, you know, uh, two or three or even four sets of some lateral raises, maybe um you know throw in one a uh, couple sets of some incline pressing machine or something like that just to even add a little bit more volume on those weak points mm -hmm. so how have you been um going about deloads do you are you a auto regulation do you prefer that or do you prefer planning them ahead of time um okay so uh the more i'm learning and the more like i'm kind of researching and i think well, right now I'm auto-regulating them, but I think in the future I honestly may just plan them um, and just kind of structure my training a little bit more around them. Just the more I'm learning, like I said, the more I'm listening to podcasts and some other opinions, I'm kind of, I kind of want to 
go the route of planning them out and just playing it safe and saying, you know what, every like six or eight weeks or whenever I feel like I need it, just take it rather than completely just, okay, waking up one day and saying, all right, this week I got to deload. Just, just like I said, just to kind of play it safe and I don't want to risk any chance of injury and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm the same way. I've always auto-regulated, um, at least in recent times, like yeah. over the past two years, but before that, didn't even know what a deload was. It was just ah, yeah, me too, <laughs> go, man. Go too. Ham every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, but man, you gotta go hard in the gym. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm gonna plan because I hear a lot more people saying you should plan, but then there's obviously the argument for why deload if you feel good. Yeah. So true. I think how I'm gonna proceed in the future is probably like yeah, plan it every, you know, six eight weeks, but six to eight weeks, I guess, and then. I guess at six weeks, if I'm still feeling good, just, you know, push it to like that eighth week. And then I guess if I'm still um, feeling it or feeling it, just, you know, kind of take the um, L, I suppose, and just go yeah. with deload just to be safe. Because um, I hear, yeah. you know, I, I know there's a lot of advanced people out there that say like, um, if you're training right, if you're training properly, that you should need a deload every like four to five weeks or otherwise like you shouldn't yep. make adjustments to your training so it's still yep. it's still still a lot of learning but totally yeah, man i guess that's my same boat. yeah no totally i'm i'm actually in the same uh, i'm in the same boat as you like the more i listen to people like you know the eric helms out there and the 3dmjs and stuff like that and just the idea of what they say is like, listen, if you do take a deload and you know it's at 75% uh, volume or intensity or whatever, like how much are you, you're really not losing much. All you're doing is basically playing it safe and you're not hitting that chance of overreaching, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of like what uh, you were saying. I, I I might go with that approach too. That's kind of in my mindset of like the, okay, let's see how I'm seeing at six weeks. If I'm feeling great, okay, let's try and push it to eight. You know, if you ate your feeling, then okay, let's just play it safe and take it then kind of thing. Yeah, so as far as um, your nutrition, I know you obviously follow a flexible approach. Yeah. Um, but do you have those um, set staple meals that you kind of eat every single day or how do you yeah. structure your nutrition? Um, yeah, I definitely have uh, my go-to meals. I try to be, pre I mean, I am, like I do uh, use flexible dieting, like you said, but I do try and like, you know, get good consistent meals in. So, um, you know, like most of them out there, I always have my egg whites, um, eggs and egg whites usually for breakfast or for kind of my first protein source. Uh, big fan of just like oatmeal, oats and eggs. That's a solid first meal for me. Um, it's funny. I absolutely like chicken and rice. I know it's so bro, but I just, I don't know why I just, I'm not sick of it. And I've just been eating yeah. chicken and rice and, you know, throwing some peppers or some spices and veggies in there. Um, that beef and rice, like those are all just really big staple meals for me. I bet you I have both. That's about 75% of my diet really right now. And just trying to all right, trying to get those fibers foods in trying to get those veggies in help me feel full especially during this prep right now so yeah i definitely think during a prep you know having those structured meals kind of reducing um decision fatigue is definitely yes. beneficial um, yes exactly yeah. that's another point of it too i didn't mention but yeah just not having your mind racing like oh geez what am i going to fit into you know what am i what can i fit in tonight what can i do tonight and then yeah, I, exactly I, yeah i found myself uh 
I did that a lot my first prep and I was just very food focused. So I tried to kind of change that up this prep and have a, you know, a more structured approach to it. For sure. That was the same thing with me. It, would, it was almost like, you know, people look forward to their high carb days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they would almost stress me out more than I would, you know, enjoy them because I'm thinking the whole time like, okay. If I gave myself 400 carbs, like, what can I fit in? And you're trying to think about, like, should you eat this dirty food you've been craving or should you just get a shitload of rice or, like, a shitload of oatmeal? Um, Yeah, that's hilarious. These psychological aspects, a lot of people don't, like, they really underestimate the impact. So that's why, that's another thing that's really good about a coach. So if you have a coach who's going to tell you, that was another problem I had, like, when to refeed for myself, like, should I, should I not? So you were coaching yourself, were you? Yeah, that I did. Okay. I did it myself. So okay, definitely don't recommend it. Like it's, or at least for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really know what I was doing, so it just stressed me, stressed me out because I didn't know like when to drop macros exactly. I had to crash diet anyway, so. It was oh yeah, no. Like that, but, yeah, that's definitely where a coach comes comes in handy because, you know, they can tell you things like if you have a refeed. Um, and say your client is one of those clients that has that decision fatigue, you can tell them like, Hey, I want you to get, you know, you have 400 carbs this day, but I want you to get, you know, 250 of them from rice or something like that. Cause then that, you know, really limits that, um, decision fatigue and they won't just eat like, I don't know, like a tub of ice cream or something, you know what, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Totally. I remember I just, I, I can relate to you completely. I even remember my refeeds, like on my first prep look, like even Googling, like, high carb, low fat desserts and like things like that, that I could try and fit in. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, the food focus can definitely, definitely get to you. And that's, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent, man. That's definitely not good. So when did you, um, when did you start, um, coaching or taking clients? When did you get, so I actually just recently started that. I would say, um, honestly a couple months ago really man uh that's kind of when i launched like my website and stuff like that i got one of my buddies to help me out and i assume my kind of story is just like most people you know going to the gym people see you getting results i started helping out friends helping out family members giving people free plans this and that and it just kind of like snowballed to the point where it's like man i'm getting a lot of people like asking me questions here and like i'm getting some really good results like you know, let's try and uh, start a little business for myself because, like, eventually I would love to get into this full time and stuff like that, right? So why not start a name for myself now and start trying to help some people small scale, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm just getting into it as well. You know, the same thing as you said. You know, more so just starting out. Large. I don't help many. Um, do you help other competitors, or is it mainly just um, people so, trying to lose weight, things like that? Uh, me uh mainly just people trying to lose weight right now um i've actually helped a few competitors i helped one guy uh one guy approached me just like kind of two weeks out he was actually an older an older guy he was in his master's physique i think he was like 45 or 50 um he just kind of reached out to me and just asked me said listen man like i'm two weeks out i'm not really sure what to do for like my peak week and this and that and i just kind of helped guide him through that and just kind of give him some tips and said listen man like the worst the worst thing you could do is just drastically change it and try to do some crazy approach and I just kind of helped him you know guide his way into the show and stuff like that but and actually I am working with a uh, bikini competitor right now and she's 14 weeks out so I'm starting to kind of open up to the competitor territory a bit I guess which I'm excited about because I definitely want to start working with some more competitors so that's pretty cool 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of, I'm just working with more so people generally looking to lose weight and things like that at yeah. the moment. But totally. um, yeah, competitors, it would definitely be more fun to work with in the future. I'm yep. still at the point where I still feel like I need more experience, you know, competing myself. I mean, yeah, no. I can tell you know what you're doing because, you, I mean, you can obviously just see it. You look pretty insane. Like, you're dialed in. So <laughs> Thanks, that man. was when you were, like, weeks out, which is how you're supposed to do it, you know, so. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I don't know when I'm – I'm still debating whether I want to do a show. Definitely not this year, <laughs> but maybe 2019, 2020. I'm really trying to, you know – really put on some size because i've been going through more of a perpetual you know mini mini bulk like maybe bulk for like four months tops like i think that's the longest bulk i've had since i got like massive way back when so i actually want to see if i can keep in a more so surplus maintenance phase for a decent amount of time before i try to get back on stage yeah no that's a that's a that's a good idea work on that reverse that metabolism up get some food intake in you and start putting on that lean mass for the next show right oh yeah for sure so for your for your future plans do you see yourself staying in the physique division or do you see yourself moving into bodybuilding classic or honestly man funny that you asked that um i could i uh i really i think i really want to do bodybuilding honestly i think yeah, I think it was just at first it's just like that nervousness, like you know what I mean, going up there in that thong in front of all those people. You know what I mean? Just like sure. that kind of thing. And like I was a you know, kind of like a shy person. So first off, even getting on that stage for me was a pretty big step. And then, you know what I mean? I was like, Okay, well, board shorts, that's not too bad. And I, I totally like the men's physique, uh, like the look and everything like that. Like, don't get me wrong, but I I just love like training legs, like I love just training everything hard and i just you know what i mean i could totally see myself um switching over to bodybuilding and for my next show honestly yeah honestly i think next time i get on stage that's probably the route i'm gonna go one because i think my legs are one of my more you know genetically gifted at least in terms of body fat distribution oh dude yes it's funny because when i got on when i did my physique show my legs were like the only really body part that looked the part (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm, like, covering up. They were the only part. Like, I had feathers in my, you know, quads or whatever, but that was it. Like, my abs take forever to come in, so I probably needed a few more months at least um, if I wanted to do it right. Um, So, but, yeah, I'm definitely thinking about doing the bodybuilding thing, so I'm definitely excited for that because I feel like there's just so much more to it, so. Oh, I know, man. I know. It just, yeah, I agree agree with you 100 percent. it's actually funny i'm kind of the i got the i think i got the men's physique genetics because i really hold like the last bit of fat well i got not too much but it seems to hold more so on my legs and stuff like i find my abs and stuff they lean out pretty quickly so kind of lucky for that yeah you definitely have the genetics in terms of the the waist it's definitely one of the smaller yeah. i've seen like on a natural competitor so yeah thanks yeah, no, it's funny, too, because, like, see, when I first started, I had a, a buddy who was around here. He doesn't compete or anything like that himself, but he just always really followed bodybuilding, and he was always really into it and just watching the Olympian stuff like that. And uh, um, that was funny because he was one of the first guys. He was like, man, like, you're waste, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you got to compete and all this stuff. And that's – I was like, oh, really? Like, you think so? And that's kind of when I was more looking into it and stuff like that, so that's funny. Okay, cool, man. Awesome. Well, I don't – I don't really know if I, that was kind of all the questions I, I had for today. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add 
Um, I'll obviously include all your links um, and stuff in the description. So. Okay, sweet man. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like I just like I said, no, it was a it was my first podcast, so that was kind of fun, and I appreciate you having me on there, Peter.